Sweating profusely is Brody. What's going on, man? What's up, man? I'm I'm not sweating. Mo is. Yeah, I am. Mo uh, came in hot today. I came in hot today. Had a little bit of an emergency at uh, work as I'm transitioning out of the military. <laughs> He's retiring. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't say retire. But we have a special guest today, uh, someone who you hear us frequently mentioned on the show. We have the one and only Stu Brower from What the Fuck Gym Talk. What is up, brother? What is up, guys? Thank you for having me. Oh, no, we really appreciate you taking the time to jam with us and... Uh, See, I'm even still in your verbs, man. You know, coming to jam with us <laughs> and, and, and talk to the one more rep fam. So you're the owner of Urban Movement in Charlotte, North Carolina. That is correct. And uh, you also have your podcast, and it's also, I guess, your business as well, the What the Fuck Gym Talk. Yep. Can you tell us a little bit about that and our listeners and kind of get them up to speed on yeah. what that is exactly? So, yeah, I mean, to summarize, I'm a I'm a fitness guy since I was 15 years old. Being skinny and ginger is not a good, you know, that's not a good combination for trying to get laid in high school. Um, and so I went to school in Ohio, went, you know, pretty much west of, or east of you guys in Muskingum outside okay. of Cambridge, okay. right? So, um, and then I just, I found CrossFit in 05 and then kind of did my thing. Um, I was working in affiliates and I, I loved, I'm an exercise physiology major. This is my trade, like fitness is my trade, but business was not, I had never really, I had done entrepreneurial shit, like mm-hmm. illegal, like I, but I had never taken a business class. I, yeah. I, I, to, yeah. Um, to a, to a, a fault. And, um, long story short, I ended up leaving the CrossFit scene. It was like, Oh, it was 06, 07, 08. And I was like, I love this, but no one knows what the fuck they're doing. I, okay. I look around, I'm like, we don't know what the fuck we're doing. I was working for a, an amazing gentleman who owned CrossFit Middle Tennessee and uh, Nashville. That's where I experienced CrossFit for the first time. And he worked his ass off. I just, I, I knew what I wanted to do that, but I knew none of us, I wasn't going to learn anymore there. So I go Globo Gym. So okay. I go two years. And back then in 06, like it was us versus them. Like yeah. you taught, like it was very aggressive us versus them. I do global gym for two years. I learn everything that I think allowed me to show up in Charlotte with not knowing one. I didn't know a single human being and do what I've done down here. So I grew this thing. And then simultaneous around 2015, I started lending advice and helping out other gym owners that became what the fuck gym talk. And now I officially, I unofficially did it a while ago, but I officially left payroll for my fitness business that I've spent the past eight years uh, creating. And I only make, I, all my money personally as Stuart Brower comes through what the fuck Jim talk. Um, and I, that's my full-time job now. That's so pretty cool. huh? Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Talk about the ultimate hustle there. But you mentioned that back in the, in those times it was us versus them mentality. What made you decide to go work in the global gym industry? You might not like the, the idea of like, Ooh, we're going to get this paid in full client on a 12 month membership and hope they never come in. Like I didn't like that either, mm-hmm. but where else are you going to go for business boot camp in like a quick turnaround, like two years? Like, you know, I live, so I went from a trainer, I worked my way up to training director, which pretty much means, Hey, fuck face, do 20 <laughs> fitness consultations every week. I did 20 hours of consultations every week for, a, I'd say at least nine to 12 months, my first year. Okay. Do you That's know how fucking good I am at, yeah. I mean, like you get really fucking good at sales, like really good. You learn how to do a floor pull. Mm-hmm. As a rookie, they'd be like floor pulls. You have three hours of floor pulls. Floor pulls are where you walk the floor and you go up to the woman that looks like she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. You'd be like, hey, Sally, mind if I go ahead and show you how to use that correctly? And then like, actually, instead of using this machine, let me come over and show you how to use this kettlebell. See how it kind of does the same thing. And then let's sit down and discuss your goals. And the next thing you know, I'm selling her a $1,500 PIF. And it just, that was the skill and the fucking thug that it, I think it instilled in me on the fitness side mm-hmm. to where now you have CrossFit gym owners are like, well, did, did you like the class? Was it, was it, okay, I'll email you, like, instead of closing the consultation, right? Like, yeah. now I'm not seeing aggressive, slimy sales stuff, but knowing what to do in a sales situation, how to hire, how to fire. I mean, my sales goals monthly were insane. If I didn't hit them, I would fucking get fired. It was just, it was a great two years. Um, but yeah, I had to go that route because unfortunately, none of us, like, you had the, like, the only guys that back then, business-wise, John Gilson was doing an amazing job. Rob Wolf's wife, Nikki Violetti, who still has a blog today, Google Nikki Violetti. They create, those people don't realize they coined and created the on-ramp okay. back in 06, 07. Um, and then Glassman. And that was it. That's all I had. So uh, I had to go find the guys who were doing the business side really well. Whatever, say what you want about Gold's Gym. 
they've been around for a really long fucking time. Yeah, and they generate revenue. Well, I got a question. How come we always pick on Sally? Like, what's up with Sally? <laughs> you know, bro? I had to, you know, you have to identify like there's an, you know, I'm going to talk and reference clients and you got to, in branding, every brand has seven elements to it. And one of the elements is going to be rituals and icons. Okay. And when you create your brand, you have to have certain rituals, icons. Lexicon is in there as well. And uh, and that's what Sally has become for what the fuck you're talking <laughs> So I do have a serious question is, so you have a lot of drive and determination. You can just tell that in the passion that you have in the videos that you put out. Um, I remember when you put out a couple of the first ones when you first started talking uh, way back. I mean, how long have it been? About two years? Uh, right. Yeah, 2015-ish. Yeah, so I remember seeing, come, you, yeah. I, I seen your videos uh, just through, I don't know, random stuff. Where do you get your actual drive and determination and passion? Because I know I get it from my mom. Uh, she was she instilled that into me at a very young age. Uh, she grew up pretty tough, and she had to grind to make everything for herself. She's successful uh, realtor in Ohio, um, one of the top, if not the top. And that's really it's been passed on to me. So, did someone pass that on to you? Yeah, I'll give you guys something that I've never given anyone. I've never talked about it on air. Um, I'm a I'm a self-driven individual. My dad, uh, my dad passed away when I was 16. Um, he committed suicide, and at 16 years old, that's one of those things that generally that can really rock you. And that's you generally could probably hear like, "Oh shit, his dad killed himself at 16," and then the heroin addiction came, or his dad killed himself at 16. And then he decided to decide to just go out and start, you know, kicking ass and taking names. I didn't have a father. Like I didn't have like a hardcore father figure. My mom's single mom working. Yeah. You got to learn to like, you know, pick up your own fucking pants and learn right. to do your own shit and, and do your thing. Um, I would say that's definitely one of the bigger driving influences, but I'll tell you this. I reckon in 05, the first thing that when I first saw CrossFit, I knew what it was going to be. And that has always been the thing, like looking at it, like, I know, I know that's going to work. I'm all in right from literally the first, it was the bear complex video, old school, like a 2006 video. I saw the bear complex, Freddie Camacho and Jolie Jen and whatever doing it. I knew what I'm like, this is it. This is going to crush. I'm going all in on it. And I did for a while. Um, and I just kind of that instinct and to, to run with it. But then to know to go to Globo Gym was just me knowing I really sucked at that side of the business. I needed to go learn that. And I, I think a lot of my my kind of bravado and, and the stuff is because I, I feel truly confident. I did a call out. I called out everybody that's in my line of work and in a nice way, like mm -hmm. Cooper and Craig Patterson and all these guys that I love. And I would call them a colleague or a friend, even if we don't really know each other like that. And I said, I want to argue with you fuckers. Mm -hmm. I want to do like an ESPN analyst show where we mm -hmm. talk like, around the horn where we put a topic up and I argue you on your topic because I think your method is fucking like we, you know, point, counterpoint. Yeah. I'm just fucking confident that I know what I'm talking about. Because again, I've been doing this since I was 15. I'm 32 now. I think that's like, a, it just, I'll go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, this is time and reps like anything else. Nice. I think that's often a lost trait is, you know, as I see in other owners and other businesses is, um, when you realize something like you did, you knew that you're weak in an area with the global gym, instead of just saying, yeah, I'm weak in it, you attacked it. And that's, that's a problem I have with even owners in this area and across the, you know, the world is they see the issues and then they ignore the issues and then they bitch about what happens because they ignored it instead of taking it by the horns and like saying, you know what, now I'm the first, like if I suck at something, I'm going to find out everything I can about it. I'm going to learn everything I can about it. And then I'm putting my own spin on it. Like, cause I'm not, yeah. gonna, you know what I mean? The thing that really, because it allowed me is because I was one of the first, I, I like, again, I admittedly, and I, I was written off like black sheepish within my small ecosystem of CrossFit owners and things like that to go when I went, when I sold out and went Globo Gym for two years, I, I completely left my job, right? But I've always been a, I'm going to be a student of the fitness industry, not like every other CrossFit gym owner that's stuck in their full fucking walls. They're two CrossFit affiliate owners groups and what CrossFit Inc. does. They don't have a fucking clue, right? That's why I fly around and I go fuck with companies like, you know, uh, Box and flow in Manhattan and, you know, shred 415 in Chicago. And I fuck with the metabolics and I look at these other models and, you know, that's why I've switched urban movement. I was like, man, what, like, why are you doing this with our movements? Cause I see shit. You don't fuck face. Right. Cause, Cause you, you go literally out and do the research. Yeah. yeah. Well, not even research. I could just go and I taste different stuff. Like a, someone who calls himself a beer connoisseur has probably drank a lot of fucking beers. Don't <laughs> tell me you are a a CrossFit gym kind of, you're a fitness connoisseur and you've never done anything but live inside your four walls of your affiliate. Mm. Like I just, you're not a fitness, a fitness industry connoisseur. I think you just maybe have a really good idea how to run that one shop. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that I'm really prideful on, 
I did not build my business on the back of CrossFit like so many. I was ESC mobile fitness. I partnered with apartment complexes and had 1099 trainers that when you signed a lease in an apartment complex, you got a complimentary fitness consultation from a trainer at ESC mobile fitness. We had shirts that said, why leave home? That was our slogan. I built that business very successfully. Then I went to boot camp in the park and then I went brick and mortar. And then in 2011, I did CrossFit South. And so I was like, oh, you know, you're turning your back on CrossFit with your urban movement things. Like eat a dick, brother. (laughs) I built this shit on my own. From the ground up. Yeah. Yeah. This is like, I can switch gears any way I want on it. And again, if I'm wrong and I, on this show on, you know, June 29th, fucking 2018. And we go back in three years, like Stu, they found out CrossFit cures cancer and Stu reverted back and he fucking backpedaled back to CrossFit. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Fuck it. I don't care. I'm not here for the, like to say that I'm right. I'm here to just say that I've tested and tried things and I'm not afraid to be wrong. And I, I'm a huge advocate. We talk about it on our podcast all the time. It's not CrossFit or die. I love CrossFit. Mm-hmm. I believe in what CrossFit can do for you physically, mentally, emotionally. And, you know, as an entire community, it's, it's great. I believe in it. Obviously, I own a gym. But fitness is fitness to me. I think as long as you're getting your ass off the, off the, the couch, couch and you're yeah. trying that 100 push-ups and trying to find out about yourself, like you said, I think that's where it's all at. And people forget that, like. You know, there used to be this huge bash between, you know, CrossFit and Global Gyms. Like, I don't care. Like, I, I still, I will hit, I'll hit freaking buys and tries. I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and not even that. What most CrossFit gym owners don't realize, every, you hear this in those affiliate owners forums, where do I find good people? I'm like, I guarantee you one of the weakest thing in your gyms is sales. And if you weren't such a narrow-minded fuck, you would go and get a, a membership at the local Globo gym for six months and you'd go there and work out there three days a week and you would look for the most charismatic trainer, the one who constantly, you saw him just always with clients. You saw him doing consultations because the economics of a globo gym, a global gym could never at a trainer's level offer what a CrossFit gym owner could or gym could financially from a payment compensation. Now, when you get higher up, like I was a district manager and a VP and even the training directors, like that can get tough. Um, But honestly, Gym owners, like affiliate owners, like, I don't know where to find anyone. I'm like, go to the local breeding ground for these people and hire off skill, not coaching ability. Yeah. Hire off their ability to sell mm-hmm. or do customer. Do not hire good coaches. Don't hire them. If you're looking for coaches, there are 10 fucking level ones every goddamn weekend. That is 600 motherfuckers getting a level one. There's no shortage of people that be a coach. Don't look for good coaches. Look for good, good people. Personalities, yeah. Good coaches. Yeah. It, I, I, like I'm a big believer. I do not hire on skill. I hire on personality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause just because you're a great athlete doesn't mean you're a great coach. Yeah. And, and that's I mean, the, Isaac. Yeah. And that's the analogy I've given before, like with, you know, God bless them. You know, and I love them as athletes. You watch them as a kid, but like Larry, uh, sorry, Larry Bird and Michael Jordan. Yeah. I think part of the issue they had is because they were such amazing athletes. They didn't understand how people couldn't perform at their level. Like why, no, can't, sure. why can't you get 40, 10, 10 every night? I used to do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and Bill Belichick probably sucked dick in football. <laughs> yeah. And Brody talked about that where that's my biggest, he just sat and listened and he, and he got, he, he got his hustle on. And eventually got the opportunity to coach, and then now look at him. No, he he did exactly what Stu did, and the fact that he you know he was an errand boy when he first started, he used to just run errands back and forth between yeah. the coaches, and he sat there and he he talked about how much I'm not a huge Browns fan, anyways, but um, <laughs> uh, he sat there and listened uh, to all these people back in the day. The, he he worked with some Hall of Fame coaches and th- that were above him, and he, they weren't Hall of Fame then; they are now. Yeah. So he took all that knowledge, and then when he had his opportunity, he he. He jumped at it. You know, he's with the Browns. Yeah. And then, you know, we got, you know, sold by the asshole. And then um, <laughs> he went into the Man, Patriots. dude, when, being a kid, people are like, where, you know, do you swear for attention? I'm like, no, listen, I grew up in a very Irish-American household when Art Modell sold. <laughs> and then all the way leading up to when we came back in 1999, you grow up on Sundays literally screaming fucking at the TV. Like, that's real. Yeah, it is real. Real talk. I mean. <laughs> that's real. Like, that's just what I grew up with. Like. Yeah. So you, you're going to talk about Isaac. Um, you talk a lot about, you talk yeah, about oh, yeah. I mean, on your show and, uh, yeah, it's so, um, yeah, Isaac, it's, uh, she's not here now. She's, I, I telling everybody, everyone's asking where she is. And I, I will either tell her I fired her or that she's out clubbing baby seals in Antarctica just to paint a fucked up picture of her. She's on vacation. Isaac, right? I was, yeah. she, she's on her honeymoon. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh, tell her, tell her we said, I, I was, a, yeah, I will. I will. This is, this has been a while. I was, I was a bridesman in her wedding. I was literally on her side of the aisle. Me and Isaac, we have this brother-sister kind of relationship kind of scenario. Isaac had zero coaching skill. Like she coached softball in college. She had never done anything. This chick literally, I mean, 
Isaac's going to be the one to oversee the next locations that we do here in Charlotte. Like this chick is such a mutation of all the amazing things that I think I have from running a fitness business and all the amazing things I don't have. She is such, she's so fucking dangerous. Um, my thing is like, I, I don't know if people are slipping her DMS in the fucking, uh, behind my back. Like, dude, listen, I'll pay you fucking twice what <laughs> Stu's paying you to come work for me kind of scenario. But, um, no, she I, like going back to that. I, I hired Isaac on. She had an infectious smile. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that, that's, and that's where it starts. That was it. Yeah. I, it just starts there. Like she is just the most inviting person and she's got a good fucking head on her shoulders. And again, it's personality over skill. Now, one of the things I really appreciate about you and your show is that you're brutally honest and in a society where everyone's uber sensitive and everybody wants to feel good about everything they say. Do you feel that because you're honest, that has led to your success? I don't think there's a success. Like there's not a lot of, again, it's a small pool. Like Lily, it's me, it's Cooper, it's Kalipa, it's Bertra. It's like whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, again, it's a small pool. There's not a lot of competition. And there's so many, there's almost 15,000 affiliates, like nine other guys, if they put up decent content. See, that's the thing. Like, look at what Coop did. Coop wrote books. Mm-hmm. That's his jam, right? Like, uh, like, and may, he's like the guy, he, he's the first guy, right? He's got, you know, Coop is like the guy. Right. And then you just have to have your own voice. And then Patterson, I love Craig's a good dude. I think Craig's got his own voice. I think I just had an authentic, I just think I just had my voice. And I think some people were able to resonate with it. Now on that flip side, a lot of people do not resonate with it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like the fucking DMS and comments when a video comes out on the dog video, or I tell people like, Hey, your, your on-ramp thing might be broken. And people like, they don't like that very direct, whatever. I'm not going for likes. And again, this is a non-scalable thing. The cool thing about my gig is, and my clients know this, if I turn the fucking faucet off on them tomorrow, it's done. Like if my, God forbid something had my kid or my wife, Isaac died and I had to come back and run some shit for a while, I could turn the faucet. I'm not trying to scale what the fuck Jim Talk. What the mm-hmm. fuck Jim Talk has bigger plans, but it is not, I'm not trying to grow the world's largest consulting. That's not the fuck. I've got a gym that makes me all my money. I just decided to do this right now because I fucking love it. I really love teaching Sally how to get a pull-up since I was 15. Mm-hmm. I, not that I don't enjoy that anymore, but I'd much rather teach you know, gym owner Johnny how to not fuck his payroll up. Yeah. So it just, you know, so that's been, I think my success has just been uh, an authentic voice and content. I will, I'll, I'll, I'll go toe to toe. I think I put out more fucking content than anybody. And I think it's really simple. Like, man, what would gym owners like? You know what? I bet you if I do a screen share and it's one gym owner on one side asking me a question and my face on the other giving a really good answer. And I put that out consistently for a year and a half. I bet you motherfuckers would pay me money. It's not that hard of a business idea. Like it really isn't that bad, yeah. right? Like it's just like, that makes sense. Like all good ideas are recognized by everybody. It's the cocksucker that gets out of the shower and actually goes and executes on that good idea. And that's all I did is I just executed on content every day, four or five times a day. And that was, I mean, content was my, like my wife hates that fucking word. She hears me say that word. She'll kill me. But now I've got a media team and it's a lot easier to, to mass produce this stuff. Yeah. But in the beginning, that was my life Googling and YouTubing how to use iMovie. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like I just dive so deep into making content. That, it, that there was no, you make a, if you make, there's a saying, right? If you make a hundred thousand videos, one of them is going to go viral. Yeah. Guaranteed. I'm not at a hundred thousand videos, but I, I'll, I'll tell you that we're, I'm trying. Yeah. And I'm not even a gym owner, um, but I do use a lot of what you say, like even in my professional life in the military, in terms of how you approach people and how to get people to coach and upsell the military or whatever it is. So yeah, you've given me a lot of uh, tools to add to my tool bag. So a lot of props. Well, thank you, bro. Thank you for listening. Yeah. So you, Thank you. you've used success a couple of times and my thing is, you know, people try to define my success and I'm like, I don't yeah. fucking care. Like I know, I know if I'm successful and I don't give, I really don't care what you say. So how do you feel about that? You know, people are on the outside looking in, talking shit through the DMs. <laughs> you really don't care. And people talk shit about our gym because we're doing stuff that they should be doing that they ain't doing. And, um, it's just the reality of it. So I know what I determine as successful. What about you? I think I've, I've got the, so I'm right now, I've got the opposite problem, right? I've got, I've got a fun rags, the richest story, making three figures in a boot, in a boot camp to owning a million dollar building, right? That's a very like, and I, that's the, that's the thing I get is when I do what I call walk the walks and gym owners come on site for whether it be two days a week, one, one hour, whatever it may be. I make sure they real understand real quick. Don't get, don't get it fucking twisted. Like this thing is, I just, I think we just, I did a podcast on this uh, today with the Alex Hermosi and the iron tribe thing. Um, 
don't get it twisted. Like every, like successful, it, it like success is like looking at someone who's like, they made a really, like you ever see like people are awesome. That Instagram handle yeah. is just people doing amazing things. Yeah. That's the one take they got it right. Fuck face. Like literally do you know how many times a kid on the skateboard ate shit trying to grind on that rail mm-hmm. or the guy who shot the basketball a hundred yards off a trampoline while his hair is on fire or whatever the hell it may be. Like that's, that's what I told people. Don't judge success by what you see. Mm-hmm. Listen to like the cons- yeah. like come in and experience or like and again dig deep. Like, do so you think someone's successful? That's what the walk the walks happen. I literally, I I don't think it was people trying to call me out. I think it was people like really curious behind the Wonka factory kind of scenario. Mm-hmm. And that's I just started getting requests. How much do I have to pay you to come down and just spend time inside? And I want to see if things are actually happening, or do you just have a really funny front of the you know really pretty front of the building? And that's, I, and I loved it. That's how that started. I was like, come see, I'll fucking show you. So yeah, I think success is way too visual in an Instagram world where everyone is the best PR version of themselves. And, um, yeah, I've got an entire segment that we're looking to roll out where it's literally a weekly shot of checking accounts balances, (laughs) right? Literally showing like when there's a lot of money in there and when it's all fucking gone and when it's this Mm. and and P and L's and like, cause that's one thing that nobody's showing in the fitness scene is showing P and L's and showing raw numbers and this, that, and the other thing. And we've got an entire series we've been throwing around of like, actually going ahead and like filming me going to the ATM and be like, uh, look, the checking account's low. This shit, you know, this is what happened. Like, this is real. This is real fucking life. I'm not trying, I'm not driving around on a fucking Learjet. Right. Like this is a real business like anybody else's. Yeah. I think that's what people often do is they, they, you know, I'm not, I'm not no million dollar building like you, but, um, <laughs> I think success can be de- determined by, I don't know, culture, the way your gym runs, um, people respect, I guess, can that can be something that relates or people think you're successful. But the ups and downs of a business is just ridiculous. And I think people don't understand that the grind that it actually takes to get to that next step. And then you got to grind to the next step and they just see something. But this like, is good. If you had to quantify real quick, what would you say success? Like if another gym owner came to you, we we're going to have this conversation. What is one thing that you look for you personally from a quantifiable standpoint as to whether the gym is successful? So it's an if then statement. Uh, first and foremost, my success is determined. I, I truly base it off our atmosphere as a gym. I mean, I, I really okay. do. And the atmosphere yeah. is something that it, it sounds so easy and simple, but it's yeah, some, it's, it's abstract. So it's it's tough to quantify. Yeah, you can. You know, but but, there, but the nice thing about your the, yeah, go ahead. The, you know, I know why I started this this gym, and I know why I continue to do this, and that is to, you know, it sounds stupid. I'm change people's lives, but I'm giving them a an escape from reality every single day when we create we created this atmosphere that is unmatched and that's what we sell it on is we are unmatched in our atmosphere where everybody's welcome everybody has a good time there's no drama no clicks no nothing and people are like well how do you do that i'm like it, it takes work it really does it do, you can't let little things slip as far as that and you can't let you know if you let a crack in the in the surface it's going to start flooding eventually and it, yeah it isn't quantifiable by money but happiness to my members that's that's more important to me than any sure. other money sure and and again it's it, you know for all your for your audience and i know you guys have a lot of people who are crossfitters they just listen because they like the business side of it they're all kind of curious i bet you a lot of them are aspiring owners at one time like i think a lot of crossfitters are they come to that gym every day and like oh my god so to give everyone a little bit of value on this and any of the gym owners that listen I, I love that. I love the abstract because uh, I think you need that. I think it, I think it keeps us balanced, right? I'm, I'm very big on like um, balance. Like you can be very quantitative, but you've got to have some abstract to it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, mine, if I, you know, if I just had to, you know, an if then statement, one of them that I use is how long has your longest employee been with you mm-hmm. and how much do they make? Tell me those two fucking, tell me those two things. And I can instantly tell you how well the business is doing financially. Right. I also, if I fucking kidnapped you today and I took you out of it, yeah. is the business surviving or thriving or is it going to go right down the shitter? I'm a, I'm a big believer in, uh, and it's very, cause it, it pings me on what the fuck Jim talk on this statement, but sure. If your business is not created careers, you don't own a fucking business. You bought yourself a job, which might be fine. That's all I did with what the fuck Jim talk. I went from training Sally for $70 an hour to working with gym owners for $300 an hour. Right. And like then, that's, and you even went through that with your own business when Isaac had, yeah. had to leave for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Isaac, you know, yeah, she's still gone right now. She should be right fucking over there. And she's not. 
clubbing baby seals in Antarctica. She's going to come back with a brand new pair of fucking seal Uggs. Anyway, but yeah, that's, so I, I do think it's important though at some point to have a quantifiable, your own personal one. And, you know, mine has always been replication. Can I, and, and uh, can I walk away from the business in it and I can replicate it? So when we do our second location. Like if I get this urban movement thing, right, this idea, this concept I have of what urban movement is, if I get it right here and I do a proof of concept for two to three years and then I replicate it in the next location and then that's right, cool. That's success to me if, if, I, if I've done it more than once. It's like it's your clients for all your listeners. Those of you fuckers who get a double under and your coach is like, great job, do it again. And you're like, I can't. I they can't, don't really know yeah. how it happened. And they're like, because you didn't actually have a double under. You accidentally got one. That is, That was not your fucking double under. It was a goddamn mistake. Like the muscle-up kid who gets one, and they're up at the top. They're like, oh, my God, I got it. I got it. And you're like, well, cool. Come back down and do, do it, it again. again. like, well, I can't. Right. It's because you didn't train for it. You didn't plan for it. It's a fucking mistake. I don't want any of these businesses that I talk to and work with to be mistakes. I want to be like, well, fuck yeah, I make $50,000 a month. I did this, this, and this for eight years. I do listen to as many videos as I can in between uh, – whatever I'm doing. And, you know, a lot of stuff I hear is like you just said, it, you, your quantifiable is how much do you pay your, you know, your lead trainer or, own, or I guess, yeah. what'd you call it? Coach owner. I, uh, Isaac's a GM. Deuce GM, is okay. an assistant GM. Yeah. yeah. So how much you pay them and then quantify it by that. And, yeah. you know, that's, I guess as a, I'm not on that level and it's not that I don't want to be, I just, this is not my direction. So no, I get it. And, I, and I've talked to you and you know, you made a great comparison as a, 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 you like to go to your favorite dive bar when you visit to other locations yeah. in the city. And I think that's probably some, some things that, you know, I don't take offense to. I really don't care. You know, I take your opinion. I take any knowledge I can get from you from your video and then I'll use it if I can, but I know my direction. And I think people are trying to get too twisted on that. Oh, I need to do this or I need to do that. I, you know, I need to do this. I don't believe in that. I think you should do what you believe in i agree and then I agree. if you need if you want to take that next step like you do help all these other gyms then they need to seek someone like you out 100 percent. and for anyone who's not you know what we're saying here what brody's mentioning i've referred to i'm big aesthetics first guy really i truly believe in a, in a series of 2018 with the orange series of the world and all these other models i do believe aesthetics eventually depending on where you're at when you're in rural you know middle of nowhere wisconsin it's less important than when you're in fucking you know chicago but you know i do believe aesthetics matter and but here's the thing though i was in a fucking dive bar 7500 square foot warehouse shithole i did my best to make it the nicest shithole possible but you just when you have that dive bar thing you just your brand matches it i went up to box and flow up manhattan and it is like you walk up the steps and it's almost like you shouldn't be up there and this is like a micro gym model a hybrid of boxing and yoga and but she owns it Mm -hmm. she fucking owns her entire image and the brand and i think that's all it takes you don't have to look pretty you don't have to i don't care how you look as long as you fucking own it though absolutely own it right um and accept the the ramifications of this that and the other thing so when i go to the dive bar here in charlotte they don't have habiki which is fine but when i'm in the mood for that if that's what i want i just don't go there if i'm looking for a more upscale thing i go somewhere else kind of scenario and you just have to accept you can't be somewhere like man why is no one paying 225 here but they're paying 225 at the gym less than a mile down the road it's like because that place doesn't have rust on the toilet seat asshole yeah i mean we you know aesthetically i don't all of our aesthetics i mean we just dropped about i don't know i actually was good I, I was i was creeping on your on your gym you have a very nice looking gym i think yeah and, i was on i was on your you need to get more google reviews how long have you been there trying. yeah that's <laughs> our uh we've been here four and a half years four and a half years you don't have 20 have, fucking google reviews god damn it brody bro, get that uh, up bro i am trying like everybody's everybody goes hey, everybody to that's listening that's ever been here uh Stu's mandating you give a google review and listen, don't do that bullshit where you just give the five reviews. You have to give context. The algo knows when you just click the five. And here's the yeah. thing, though. All of Brody's clients, do not do it all at once. Spread that shit out. Yeah. And all you other gym owners and uh, athletes out there, you know, listen to yeah. Stu. He understands this stuff. A little bit, yeah. yeah. Obviously. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, our, all of our aesthetics is not done to attract customers or, or clients. All of our stuff is done for our members. Anything I do is for them. And I honestly, that's what we believe in. Like, if, you, if you're going to join our gym and you care solely what we look like, then that's just not how we fucking roll. I mean, that's just not how it is. And Yeah, but our- you guys look good. Your fucking lifting platforms are color-coded. And, like, I mean, like, you guys have, like, you're not, I mean, you have a good-looking gym. 
Oh, I appreciate that. I mean, you know, we just spent about eight grand in, in remodels. We, you know, redid both bathrooms and installed a bar inside of our lobby and redid hardwood yep. floors and stuff. But that was all for our, our members because they spend most of their time here, honestly. They literally <laughs> leave their freaking job. They come here and they're here for three hours pretty Dude, much your, every night. Your kid zone looks amazing. I would just fucking chill in one of those bean bags and just fucking melt and just chill and just fucking, yeah, it's just, I, I need Netflix and we're good. And, and, and Brody's not giving himself enough credit here because, I, like I said, I, I, I met Brody through, through purely business. You know, he asked me to DJ an event. You know, uh, just so happens our personalities mended. You know, and now we're doing these podcasts together. But the one thing yeah. from the very first time I walked in to even when I walk in today is the, the word that comes to mind is genuine. Um, yeah. He's genuine. His athletes are genuine. And anybody that walks into this business... Uh, I, I will I will testify to that. Maybe I should give you a Google review too, dude. My bad. Yeah, what the hell? You didn't <laughs> give me a Google review, Mo. <laughs> Jesus. What? Look at this motherfucker. <laughs> you're, you're on the brink to make me cry, and then you stab me in the heart. You can get me my 20th review. I got 19. There I just go. checked yesterday. I knew I checked yesterday. I'm like, why can't I get my Google reviews up? The ones we do have yeah. are usually drop-ins. You guys, from- guys, text, text. Don't email. Text five to eight clients because only two-thirds of them might do it. Uh, every week and just have a running tally at five every week to say, Hey, listen, and don't ask for a review, ask them to share their story. Okay. And in, in, and then what happens is it ends up being a review for you. Don't ask for the review. That's selfish. Ask for them to share their story. And that we'll get a couple sentences worth and they're going to leave you five stars. And again, that's the better way to do it. And you text them with the link, the Google link ready. So they don't have to go to Google and search, make it easy for them. Five days per week. In the course of two months, you've doubled or tripled your Google reviews. Your SEOs up. It's just all good things. Yeah, you hear this? Yeah. I've been, e- I've been emailing them. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I've emailed them. Yeah. Cut no, email no, but, out. Uh, but, but no but, text. Uh, go but, all text. Yeah. Right. But statistics though, I think what open rate on email is like 10 to 15% if you're lucky. Oh, so a good gym, I, like I've got a MailChimp, like our, our members that pay me, love me, and um, uh, want to hear from me, only 40%, maybe 50% on a good email, open. Text message, here, where's my fucking phone? So I know you guys on the podcast can't see this, but like literally, and your guys' phone's the same, I currently have two unread text messages. They probably came in while I was talking with you fine fellows. Mm-hmm. I've got 4,700 unread emails. Yeah, right. No text, nobody... Text, everyone opens every text. There's no such thing as a text that just was left forever unopened. Mm-hmm. They might not respond, but every fucking text gets open. Look into Scipio, look into some kind of text messaging clients. I've go, we've gone fully text. We literally only email with prospects maybe at the very beginning for like a formality. Go all in on Scipio, go all in on text messaging. It will increase a conversions and communication is so much more streamlined because it's how we fucking communicate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess we're... We're at eighty three percent typically on our emails, but we don't have as many people as you. <laughs> but still, it's eighty three percent. Well, no, yeah, no, eighty three percent is still great. But also, too, it's also you look at the. I've got a very transient community. You probably have people that are sticking around. They yep. live in that town. They right. like. How do you pronounce it? Beans of the peep. Uh, Piqua. Piqua. That, yeah. That's it. So we're outside of Dayton, correct? We're, yep. we're actually in Dayton. We're you are well, Dayton. Okay. Yeah. So we're about uh, seven to ten minutes from downtown. Dayton. So we're in- yeah. So I got I've got clients in downtown Columbus. I got a you know um, CrossFit Grandview and friendship down there, yeah, and I'm, I'm planning on coming down for a yeah yeah Jeff yeah, yeah he no. just we just started working together. Oh when you come so down, we're gonna dude. start. I'm, well, this thing is I want to come down and uh, party for an Ohio State game, but we gotta get we gotta get together. Oh absolutely. absolutely. What percentage of your audience do you say CrossFitters versus owners? Uh, we're as far as the show, man. Oh, I'd say it's probably like ninety ten. Yeah. 90 crossfitters yeah yeah every crossfitters listening right now and you know nod your fucking head in your car as you're driving right now <laughs> there's a part of you every day when you leave your nine to five job if it doesn't give you fulfillment yep. that you're like man i really i think i could do this or i would want to do this mm-hmm. and and again i think listening to, to guys like you and whether you ever fucking sweet talk mo into opening up the you know access number two <laughs> Right. Uh, uh, Whatever it may be. I, I just think documenting that it's the selfless thing. Remember I talked about doing one thing every single fucking day. Yeah. You document, like you make a little fucking 90 second journal every day. Like, Hey, today was great. We signed up six people. Shit. Today was horrible. I lost my top coach. Hey, to, mm. you do that. I mean, what did Kelly Soretta do? We built a $10 million company on the back of making a two to seven minute video, video every goddamn day yep, right. for a year. Yeah. And again, even if his thing hadn't popped, he would have helped 365 fucking people out yeah. at the least. Because yeah. at least one person would have watched and learned how to wear to shove the lacrosse ball in their asshole <laughs> to, to relieve their tight glutes. 
Yeah. And I, I think this podcast is pretty cool in the fact that, you know. Oh, I love, I think it's great. You guys just hit, are you guys at 10K yet? Is that official? Or yeah, at, no, we're on the road, uh, on our way to 10K. That's about, our new, uh, about it's about our new 7, marketing slogan. Right now. Yeah. yeah, we're going to Oh, well, I'm going to, when you guys pump, I, yeah, I hope, I hope I can help get you guys there and, uh, and shove this thing down the throats of gym owners to go fucking listen. Cause I'd love to hear that 90 10 go to almost half and half. Cause yeah. I truly believe what you guys both have. To, yeah, I know you guys talk on, I, I was, I listened to the two you sent me and I've yeah. listened to more of your stuff. And I think, uh, yeah, I think you've got a huge opportunity to do a little bit, little bit of damage and help on the, on the business side, but clients like that. So do you know how many of my clients listen to what the fuck Jim talk where I'm talking about doing price raises on these fuckers <laughs> and how I'm switching the brand. <laughs> do you know how easy it is to walk out in there and send a newsletter? Like, Hey, we cut this, we're doing this, we're doing that. Yeah. They're like, yeah, I yeah, saw that know. coming. I listened yeah. to it. Like, you know, like we heard, but we heard like, it's a, uh, it's a lot easier to Sean Ryder. I would highly, he does a great job at it. He shares everything on the, his, the gym's page yeah. and his, his clients are really in his fucking head. They know what he's thinking and why, and they have a ton more respect for the decisions. I, trans- I, yeah, I think you've got a lot of potential there. with that transparency. Yeah. Comes a lot of, uh, com- comes followers. Yeah. yeah. And it's crazy. And then you guys got to start. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. You said that about the, uh, the 90, 10 or the gym owners trying to get the 50, 50, because, in all honesty, this is why we continue to do what we're doing is for the people listening. It really is. So Mo Mo asked me to do this podcast, and he didn't know, but I've been taking notes, my diary, of things that just yeah. pissed me off, things I was frustrated with in the community. I hate the direction. Like, I hate how uh, sometimes one community is great, and then I go to Columbus, and their, commu- their community is spectacular. I love it, and I love to go to Columbus, and when we compete, get to see everybody. It's like a big party. So I have all these things I've written down. He asked me this podcast, and I was like, you know, I didn't want to, but we, if we can help our own members and open that up, but we're actually we're getting people like from all over the world that are messaging us with these issues that are everyday things that we're hearing from all across the board, and they feel like they're not alone. Finally, that they're, they they're not. They the don't feel ones. crazy. Yeah, they don't feel crazy that they don't feel this that they're only ones that feel this way, and that we're giving them a voice. And I think absolutely that's, that's what we're really hanging our hat on is yeah. like. You know, because the if people's podcast thousand, yeah, if there's 15,000 CrossFit gyms at ballpark and it let's call it at least a hundred members at each one. I mean, you guys saw the numbers of the people who did the open. I mean, like there's a lot of people out there that have these feelings and thoughts and all that other stuff. And I, uh, the one, the only thing I would recommend for your shit, you got to do it. What shrug did you guys got to vlog cast it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys just care. And again, I'm not saying caricature in a bad way, but Mo is just like an intro, like, Mo, you know, again, you guys just have this, like Mo's got, Island notes or, you know, far Eastern notes and you're fucking white as shit. And like you guys just juxtapose well, you guys would do well on fucking camera. I would watch it. If people watch fucking Bledsoe and his beard, they would watch you too. Right? Yeah. It's funny. I'm, you said I'm that. I'm telling you. We just got a message from a girl that listens to us in London and um, her friend works for Twitter. And she said, are you guys putting video on Twitter? I'm like, I don't know anything about Twitter. <laughs> Can your friend help? So like we are, you, you, we're trying to learn this you guys as we go, man. You're doing, yeah, I know. You're what you guys are doing a podcast. You're getting the 10K. I'm telling you, if you switch the medium and go to video with the podcast, and it doesn't take anything else, you just set up the video camera recording yeah. what you're doing now. I guarantee you, your you know your next issue is you know six digits. You're like, oh, cool, we're coming up on 100K. Yeah, like it, that's just. I mean, it's as simple as it's that. Ex- just it ex- it's exponential. I mean, YouTube is a second. Oh, it's significant. Yep. It's significant, man. It's crazy how much better because there are some people that will only consume this with ear like headphones. Right. And there's be a plenty of people that like the interaction. Like my like my TV is hooked up to my Alexa, so I can go ahead and say, Hey, uh, you know, whatever, Alexa, go ahead and play the latest Casey Neistat video. I'm a huge Casey fan, right? Mm-hmm. And like so I can hear, I can watch that and I like seeing certain things visually. When you're good vision, and again, I think you guys would be just fine. I know it's like, I mean, look at Stern. The only people watch the Howard Stern show, now they were watching yeah. to see Tit. Yeah. But like, <laughs> again, it's, it, it's the same thing. Oh. Joe Rogan, the only people watch his podcast. Yeah. No, and I, I, the only I, reason I went podcast is because I had people tell me I listened to your videos and I went nuts because I spent a lot of money on video. I was like, <laughs> what do you mean you listen, listen to it? You got to watch with your eyeballs. They're like, no, nah, man, I'm pushing the bulldog scrubber on a Monday. I got to listen to it. I was yeah. like, Fuck me, because I'm not a podcast guy. I don't listen to them really. I'm not. I don't engage with them a ton. Um, and so, yeah, I had to switch that up because it's selfish of me to not. It yeah. is fucking selfish of you two to not give more of yourself if that's what you're trying to do with this podcast and give the people their voice Damn to it, not Stu. go video. Damn it! 
I'm telling you, it'll be the best decision you ever fucking made with this thing. You'll feel like people will, I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to access an entirely different audience. Yeah. What yeah. about people who are deaf? What then? How no, are they fucking? No, no, I'm actually working on that because one of my athletes, yeah. she is deaf. And I've uh, yes. been working behind the scenes to try and figure out a way to get that. Uh, I'm telling without, you. Without hitting a specific price point. So No, it's cool for you yeah, to yeah, jump yeah. on here. And and you did interject your, your knowledge on the business side. But I was, I was telling Mo, I was like, I really want to keep this to where you have an opinion. And I like to hear it. And you're very direct. And I think that like most said, we're, we're missing that in this freaking world. People are too tiptoey and, and afraid to say stuff. And I like how you do keep it real because it's, a, it's almost becoming a lost art uh, amongst my opinion, some other business owners. And, uh, I think that we could dig into these topics that are, you know, we just went all over the board really. Yeah. And it was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. And this was fun. Yeah. And it's just, when you have real individuals, this is just, con- this is just common. Yeah. That's why I bring the video camera guy with me. Anytime I go fuck with another gym owner that I think is going to have, we're going to yeah. have some good back and forth. Yeah. Cause this here isn't contrived. No, it's not scripted. It's just yeah. happened. Yep. Speaking yeah, of which, I got, scripted. I got another one for you, dude. I was going to bring this up, what? but I got, uh, <laughs> so, uh, John Swanson, uh, from Granite yeah. Games, he made a post on, um, the Philly forums and it was about the open. Is, is, yeah, it was just. Yeah, it's probably the one of the ones that got kicked out of that I can't see. <laughs> yeah, and so I've been kicked out of it once. They reinstated me, but um, so I, uh, I'm, I'm like, this is fucking like two a.m. <laughs> and I'm like, I never, I try not to engage, even though I want to. I've, I've erased so many more things than I've hit send on, but uh, I'd engage, and we got in this back and forth, and I just finally said, "Look, bro, I'm done. I'm, I'm done. Going, I'm done wasting my. I'm going to go back to my Xbox." As soon as that happens, he sends me a private message and wants to talk. And I'm basically like, look, man, you um, this you, feel, is, you feel this way, I feel this yeah, way. Yeah, you feel this way, I feel this way. We're never going to agree. Just like, that's the reality of it, okay? It's yeah, cool. yeah. He messaged me back. He's like, I respect that. Yeah. So, and then we literally went on to have about an hour conversation back and forth on Messenger. And so yeah. I told Mo, I was like, you know, a lot of people are so f- afraid of conflict, but yeah. I truly believe that so much resolution and things get done through confliction because Mo had an idea on this podcast. He wanted to do a certain way when he brought it to me and then I was on board. Like I finally accepted it. <laughs> uh, I have, I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't look what's in front of me. I look what's way out in front of me. Like sure. I, I don't, and then all that shit in between is just the process to get there. And I think that so much can be done if you if you if you bring up conflict with someone, you don't have to be a dick or an asshole or whatever, but you can talk about some real hard stuff and what comes yeah. out of that is really what this podcast kind of came out of. This was not his envision and it was his idea, but he brought it to me, I brought my ideas and he wasn't he wasn't taken back like, "Hey, this is my idea, this is my thing." <laughs> He's like, "You know what? Yeah." And then I listened to him too because that's what it takes. It takes two people listening to each yeah. other. The only reason we have anything in this world, everybody listen up, listen, this, this, write this down, get a tattoo on your fucking arm. The only reason that we have anything in this world is because two people saw it differently. Yeah. Differences yeah. in opinion are the only reason anything fucking exists. That's it. Someone saw it one way or was being done one way and someone thought differently. It's the only reason the iPhone exists, that this is happening. Like anything is because someone saw it differently than somebody else. And what the magic thing is, that's why So I'm speaking for the second year in a row at the Iron and Mortar Conference. And I love their tagline. Competition makes us faster. Mm-hmm. Collaboration yeah. makes us better. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. Like that's one of my favorite taglines. And um, I, I truly do believe that. And I think having like, and again, Swanson, me and John disagree on a lot of shit. I believe if you're re- membership only revenue stream, you're fucked. You're just <laughs> fucked. If that's your only revenue stream, you, you're not. You're fucked to the point that you can't have certain things in mm-hmm. your business. You have to accept that. And me and John disagree on this. And I've even done it to where I've been like, you know, fly me out to your place, Swanson, and I want to come look under the hood and show. And I want to see what that, how this. And we, I think we have some playful back and forth with it. And I have, I have nothing but respect for John. Um, but dude. Us, anyone, me, John, you, Mo, whatever, we all have indifferences is the only reason there's ever going to be anything in this fucking world. And then having conversations with it, I think either pulls you together or maybe it further separates. But either way, it's all positive energy, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah as I, long as you can, you can argue like an adult. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's what we talked yeah, about. We talk you know, about that too. Conflict doesn't have to be confrontational. And that's yeah, what people get no, it twisted. Yeah, no, it doesn't. 
That's where people yeah, get and, and embrace it. Yep. Like when just because I'm saying I don't agree with how you run the gym or this, that, and the other thing doesn't mean I'm angry with it. Yeah. I'm just telling you, like, no, I don't agree. But again, Mazel Tov. Like, if you're yeah. happy, like, run, run with it. I, who am I? Like, you're not stepping on my dick. Like, it's fine. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I'm. I cannot. I. Yeah. I'm. To reiterate your voice, find the people in your life that you have more disagreements with. Your mother, the gym owner down the street, a member, an employee. And talk it out. Like there's nothing, as long as you can be an adult about it, there's really nothing negative. Only good can come out of that. Absolutely. No, and I agree. I think you either, A, you know where you stand with that person, or B, you you start working together and get stuff done that yeah. you wouldn't have been able to do anyways. And that's where I am. Like when I when I confront someone, I'm not being a dick. It's like, hey, what's up? Like, when, yeah. can we talk about this? So we're either going to get through it together, or I'm going to know where you stand and I stand at the yeah. end of this conversation. It's always cool to get back. I, I don't get back to Cleveland as often as I want, but I, it's always cool to, to fuck with people from Ohio. Yeah, dude. Absolutely. I love the Midwest. <laughs> so uh, before we shut things down here, um, again, I want to thank you for your time. But uh, one of the things we ask our guests to do on the One More Rep podcast is to do three rounds for time. And that's where I ask you three questions, and you just fire off as fast as you can. All right, you ready? I got you. I got you. All right, question one. What keeps you up at night? What are some fears or concerns that you have? Uh, are currently our re- the rebranding process we're going through. That's probably got the the most fear because that's the unknown for me, but that's the thing that also is the most exciting thing to me right now. Okay. What's something you want to be remembered for when you're gone? I want to be known as, um, I, I again, on this rebranding, I here's it real quick, and I know this is not as fast as you probably want. I want to be the guy that I think Urban Movement is going to bridge the gap between Orange Theory and CrossFit. Okay. And what's something you would do to change the world? Something I would do to change the world, mm-hmm. um, or just any change you would make in the world. Yeah, I, I, I you know what, the, it's it's that pay it forward thing. I think um, if every single day you could literally, like, if I could just in, retract one day, whether you made money, lost money, this, that, or anything, but if you could just think of one thing selflessly you did for one person out mm-hmm. of the course of a year, three sixty five times the your duration of your life yeah. one selfless act that just whether it's gave the bum five bucks as you're driving the highway that had a hitchhiker's thumb out or you just made it you, you text someone you haven't seen in a while and maybe you had a bad relationship it broke up badly and just text and said hey just thinking of you hope you're doing well like just one little fucking selfless thing 365 of those times the duration of your life you're probably not going to hell <laughs> Or, or you could, or you could be me, and you're still gonna go to fucking hell. <laughs> hey, bro, I'll see you there. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope they have beer. Well, anything else yeah. uh, you want to leave our listeners with as we get ready to shut it down here? No, man, no. I think anybody who is, uh, if you're in a gym, if you're a cl- if you're a client of Brody's, or you're anyone who whatever, look at your gym owners through different lenses. I really do believe, like, you don't understand the amount of work and effort and and, and sacrifice that goes into this, and how much love they have for it. Like my old location, like I mean, like there are times when I'm in the gym by myself. And I'll, you know, I'll get choked up. Like there's like, there's nothing I love more than what I've built and what I built lives through the people that come in and out of those doors. Now I don't get romantic about the end like, again, whether they come in or out, that's what I don't get romantic about. But I do get romantic about the fact that for a moment in their life, I was a, I was a person, I was a thing. Yeah. Like how many people in your gyms right now, like you're one of the more important people in their lives. They see you every day. They might see more than they see their mother. So for those of you guys that are listening that are, you know, clients of a gym or you're looking to open one one day, realize that the gym owners, they like literally we they truly have nothing but love for you. They truly do. And a lot of times it's hard and we can't see the forest from the trees. And then for any of you guys that are opening gyms or I'm sorry, you currently have a gym, get outside of it. I'm telling you the answers to you being around in 20 years and being relevant in 20 years don't exist inside your four walls. They do not exist inside the CrossFit Affiliate Owners Forum. You need to get and actually understand the market and the industry. Go and fuck with everything that's not CrossFit. It'll give you a better perspective on how to make your CrossFit better. Awesome. Well, again, thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely, it. guys. Uh, really appreciate all your content. You know, I'm, I'll be a lifetime subscriber and listener to everything Aww. you throw out there. Oh, oh, yeah. What size shirt do you wear? Uh, large. Okay, we got you. Well, we don't. We don't have any one no. more rep gear, but I'll send you uh, a shirt from my box. Fucking amen. That'd be great. I, I really appreciate it. I don't even get shirts. Awesome. <laughs> if you, or you, if, get, you don't get reviews. You don't get fucking <laughs> what shirts. What do I get? Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think I can piggyback on what Stu said. There's the amount of hours you put in. It, it, it's a lot. Now, it, there's a lot I still do that, you know, that, 
you know, as a business, I could easily pass off and start trying to um, do less, I guess. Mm-hmm. I love being attached to it. I'll never stop training classes. Yeah. It's something I, it's my huge passion of mine. Um, but I do, I still have my moments where I just, like he said, you just sit there and you, you kind of take it in. I've sat here in the gym alone at, earlier before people get here or after. And you just, I appreciate, I look at all the stuff that's hanging on the walls and I have a memory for literally everything that's in here. Um, and that, you know, people come and go and it sucks. That's the hardest part of this, this business for me is I get very attached to people, but it is part of it, but their memories will always last with me. And, uh, I hope that like Stu said that the, the time that they have here, they've enjoyed it and, I've hopefully impacted them slightly in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, same here as a, as a coach. You know, not an owner, but yeah. Brony keeps prodding. He's going to own one, Stu. You're going to have a new client. <laughs> I'm telling you. He's yeah. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you on social? Yeah, guys, you can um, at uh, surprisingly this domain wasn't taken. Uh, WTFGymTalk.com at WTFGymTalk on fucking you know everything and um, DM me on Facebook. Call me on the cool little messenger Mark Zuckerberg phone. That's my favorite thing. Someone comments on a post and they're like, fuck this guy. I'm bringing my dog in the gym. I'll call him on the Zuckerberg phone. If you go in the messenger, you just hit the call button and they're like, holy shit, I love it. Um, But no, yeah, reach out to me anytime. Questions, night, day, doesn't matter. Um, I'll give you guys this. I hit up Stu real quick. Uh, I hit hit him up just randomly. I seen one of his videos and I was like, man, I'm just going to, I'm going to question him on it. And then we got in this, uh, he, he, he was giving me some advice, obviously not to the extent he can, but he answered my, my message as, as busy as he is. And I tell you, send him a message and I, I guarantee he'll get back to you. Don't think that he won't. And he won't write you off just because he's busy. He'll get with you. And it was cool what he told me. It kind of re- reaffirmed how I felt about my business, that I was what we're doing is okay. Not everybody has to take it to that level. And that, that was huge for me personally. And even for me, just as an everyday athlete, I did message Stu well before I started this podcast, and he responded to me probably within 24 hours with a voice message. So truly appreciate the it, fact that you're always on oh, the hustle and that you really do care no. about your, your community and your audience. Yeah, no, absolutely, dude. It's, it's one of these things where, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it's so easy to communicate now. Why not? And again, if you're trying to get one person a day, 365, easy it's very scalable so thank you guys right, so brother. much for giving your time and the attention of your uh, your audience yeah i right, appreciate brother. it yeah this has been the one more red podcast on mowing i'm out thank you for listening to the one more rip podcast you can follow us on facebook and instagram at one more rip podcast or on twitter at can i get one more or shoot us an email at can i get one more at gmail.com Absolutely. You know, when I listen to your stuff, oh shit. What did I do, Mo? I just unplugged something. No, that was me. Go I ahead. just unplugged Mo. Mo, you're you're gone. I'm good. I'm good. No, you know, I listen. I was I was in the impression. Do you guys drink during these things? Yeah. yeah. I, always. Well, okay. Not, not right now, but typically. I like I have my bottle of whiskey ready to go and everything. I was oh, like, oh, hey, well, let's crack them I mean, open. We, go ahead. Here we go. Go ahead. You know, if you guys have- with that, you got to throw like one ice cube in there. Uh, Most you know, Japanese takes a little bit of the harshness off. Yeah, this stuff will just go straight, but it's phenomenal. Yeah. Anyway, continue. So- awesome. Thanks, brother. Alrighty, Appreciate guys. It. I will. Ju- oh, dude, awesome! It's just anytime you want to do it, let me know. We'll jam. Otherwise, guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend and uh, take care. Yeah, yes, I'll sir. send you a polished product before I post it, just to make sure you're you're cool with everything. Oh, I, I won't listen to it. Just publish, just publish it. <laughs> All right, brother. Much love, man. All right, take care, it. guys. Later.